Welcome to Foodcast. I'm your host, Rick, and today we have here Kevin Kierman, aka The Takeaway Man. The Takeaway Man, yes. <laughs> Hi, Kevin. Thanks to be here with us. Uh, well, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you become the Takeaway Man. Um, yeah, so the Takeaway Man for me started probably nearly about 10 years ago and it was something that I never thought would have kind of came into fruition the way it has but how the, the name came about or whatever I used to work in a huge big office with about 800 people and uh, at Christmas time they did this thing where we'd all order in pizza and I just crowned myself as the guy who would order pizza for 400 people on my floor <laughs> so um what happened was is it just went around I, I did an email every year for about five or six years of just I'm putting in I'm putting in like an order for pizza at Christmas time do you want your pizza like that that's pretty much how it started and then um <clears throat> I just ended up being crowned, knighted, the takeaway man, because uh, for I don't know how many years straight, probably about four or five years straight, I ordered about a thousand euros worth of pizza for wow. in one in one order and got nothing wrong. So like that was my that was my thing. I got nothing wrong. All the toppings were correct. Everything was good. And uh, as I was walking around the office, then they just called me the takeaway man. It's like, oh, that's the takeaway man. They didn't even know my name. They just knew me as the guy who orders pizza at Christmas time, the takeaway man. And I just, it just stuck with me. Um, I do have a big interest in like one, ordering takeaways and two, food. Uh, it was a big thing for me. And I do order a lot. And it was only when I started to compare the likes of my Just Eat or Deliveroo's or Uber Eats with what I would class as regular people. And um, where people would go and they'd be like, oh, yeah, I, I ordered Uber today or I ordered Uber Eats. And I go, how many times? And they go, oh, just once a week. And I went, oh, uh, and they're like, how many times did you order? And I'm like, every single day, like just every day. And they're like, really? I was like, yeah, because I was going into the office or I was like out or I was at home or things like that. Or the way I was working, I couldn't really get in like fresh food or prepare it and things like that. So I used to just always order in takeaways. Um, especially when I lived in, in Dublin city center, because it, like it's just a million and one takeaways to get. So yeah, that's how the whole thing started. Wow. Uh, do you consider yourself a takeaway expert in this stage? Um, yeah, like that, that is a thing that I, I do say, like what I love doing and it's, it's a weird, weird, weird thing to say is when I go to other countries, I'm the guy who goes right straight on the app store what what takeaway apps do they have like the likes of like just the my favorite one so far is one called walt uh, w-o-l-t and it's one of the best apps i've ever used when it comes to takeaway and the only reason why i can say that is because when i was in greece everything was in greek and then you click this walt like the, the app walt and uh, it automatically translated everything for you all the ingredients which were translated and things like that so it was just it was fantastic especially for someone who travels around a lot Wow. And um, that was that was just one thing. It's it's just something that I love to do. Uh, I just love kind of like going in and ordering food. So um, yeah, that was just one thing that happened with it. That that's great. And would you describe yourself as a foodie? Um, not necessarily. So like the the like the term foodie for me is 
like someone that should be not necessarily should be a chef or can prepare food or whatever but like i think if like you need to be able to cook i think to be classed as a foodie and i, I think that is one thing um i don't know if you've seen the new movie the menu but there's oh, yes yeah so there's a there's a part in that where there's a guy and he's sitting down and every dish is coming out and he's just dissecting it and he's, he's saying blah, blah 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 and then there's one part that was just like well cook the meal then you know and I think a foodie should be a person who can dissect it and go, yeah, this is lovely. But I also think it should be a person who could then go and replicate it. And I think that would probably give you a title of foodie. And um, it's all well and good to be able to sit there and go, oh, yeah, no, I can taste whatever. You know, <laughs> like I can taste chives in this or basil or, or like, you know, like th- things like that. Or, oh, he, di- he didn't have the, uh, the pan hot enough when he was searing a steak or he didn't let the steak rest. Or there was times where it's just like, you're getting food and, and then you kind of you say oh no this is where he went wrong and I'm like, okay well he's probably cooked that about 50 times today how many times have you cooked it <laughs> you know like things like that um, and th- that's what I, I i do love getting that across in the likes of my tiktok videos and, and things like that is that i understand that the likes of like these restaurants and these things are under pressure and stuff but the way it's gone now is that like takeaway food is really really expensive like at the end of the day it's it, it is expensive um, you're ordering it straight to your house. There's there's a huge kind of supply chain there between delivery guys, like the restaurants themselves and everything else. But it is a, it is a big issue. And it's I think it's the reason why I've gotten so many followers at this stage is because I don't want to go out and slate a restaurant and be like, this is absolutely shit and this is the, the worst food that I've ever had. I want to kind of, for them to use it as constructive criticism to get better. Um, and... I, I honestly think like you can hardly just go up and say, hey, I've, I've just ordered this curry and I'm going to leave a big, horrible review and, and stuff like that. Like it's it just kind of gets you nowhere, really. But, uh, and I see you as a foodie because you're educating your palate. So mm-hmm. who would be your biggest influence for food, your love for food? Let's put it in that way. Um, my biggest influence in, in regards to kind of food and stuff like that it was it was just meeting up with so many people traveling uh that that was the the be all and end all for me i was very 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 uh one-sided when it came to food for a long long time and i was there was things like that i just would absolutely avoid you know and i'd just be no i'm not i'm not eating that and one of the big things for me was actually fish um when i first like left secondary school uh 15 years ago now at this stage uh i wanted to do culinary arts that was that was what i wanted to do and um, one of the big things like when you want to become a chef or you're going to study culinary arts is you have to prepare fish and at that time i physically couldn't like i couldn't handle the smell i couldn't handle the texture i couldn't handle like scales being on your fingers all that kind of stuff it actually used to make me physically sick um, wow. and another random one about that was is that uh, i actually went to the doctor paid them like 50 quid and i said can you give me a letter to say that I'm allergic to fish so I can go to college. And she was just like, are you allergic to fish? And I was like, absolutely not, no. She's like, well, I can't write you a letter. <laughs> you know, I can't write you a letter to say that you're allergic to fish when you clearly aren't. Like, that's illegal and please leave and thank you for the 50 quid. So that's, <laughs> that, yeah, like, so that's that's where it, um, that, that's where kind of, that's where my chef kind of career stopped. And then that's where the transition then from that into like going out to like really nice restaurants and stuff like that. And um, luckily enough, in the last, 
I'd say probably in the last 10 years, I do have a lot of mates who are chefs. Um, and a lot of my friends are kind of like, I'd be very stubborn in one sense. And um, you probably know, did you ever have, um, well, you definitely did have it, but a ceviche, you know, like a prawn ceviche? Like, like yes, of thing? course, of course, yes. Yeah, yeah. So a mate of mine, Jeremy, um, he's an amazing chef, uh, originally from California, moved over to London, and now he lives in uh, he lives in Dublin now. And he made me this prawn ceviche, and like, he just goes, eat it. Just, like, I was like, oh, oh, it's prawns and it's seafood, and he goes, just eat it. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I, that was it. That was my epiphany. That was the so I bit into it, and I was just like, this is not, this was amazing. It was like, and it was seafood. It had like crazy stuff on it. I don't know what was on it, but it just tasted amazing. And that was my thing then where I started like going down that kind of route into experiencing new food and, and new different types. So it'd definitely be kind of the chefs that I hang around with and stuff like that would be the guys that could just kind of go, yeah, yeah, wh- whatever, just eat it. And then you go, okay, actually, no, that was amazing. Um, but on the flip side of that, when I was in Thailand, I really wanted to try durian, uh, which is like the world's smelliest fruit. And I've seen all the things with like Anthony Bourdain and seen all the reviews on it. And I was like, this is going to be easy. I'm going to go and I'm going to have like a big chunk of durian and it's going to be absolutely amazing. And I just bit into it and (laughs) instantly was just wretched and it was horrible and stuff. And I was so my heart was broken because i really wanted to love it i wanted to be that guy to turn around and go oh i love durian and i put it on my pizza and it's absolutely amazing but unfortunately i'm just i'm that in that one percent of the marmite lovers or the, the non-marmite lovers do, do you hear heard before there's a fish in the scandinavia i i don't recall if sweden norway is uh, fermented and then it's illegal to open that fermented fish uh, in any clo- enclosed space. And wow. it is it, brutal. It's brutal. And there are people loved love that. And I have a friend of mine, he lives in Sweden, um, close to the Ice Hotel. He used to live there. And I asked him, I said, Carl, did you ever try it? He said, yes. And I said, what's the secret? Uh, open the tin inside water. So you need to put the tin inside, oh, wow. you open, so you take it out, and then you take it off. And then it's edible, and he said it's, there is a particular taste, and it's nice. Um, I'm not that open-minded, I think, but uh, yeah, to, to go down down that route. Uh, yeah, it's the same with Durin, is or, or you love, or you hate. Mm-hmm. So yeah. now, you, you said about the cuisines, you tried everything. Yeah. What's your favorite cuisine? That's it's again. That's like a, another tough one. I, I literally it changes so much, um, especially because like I'm avidly going out and trying to find content. Um, so I would I would be a big kind of consumer of all different types of food and, and things like that. At the moment, um, there's a bow place, which is Taiwanese street food that's based um, just at the top of Georgia Street there. And I fell absolutely in love with it. It was absolutely amazing. Everything about it was slow roast barbecue pork and stuff, uh, chicken and things like that. It was, but it was just the way the guy prepared it as well. It was just, it, I actually had to, I, when I finished it, I walked over to him and I said, that was really good. Like, that, like seriously. And he was like, oh, thanks very much. And I was like, no, no, no. Like it really was. Like I walked off with a big smile on my face. Um, and that's one thing as well. Like I'm, I'm quite kind of like as a person, I just sit there or, like anything and eat my food. Well, to be honest, like shovel my food into my face, which is really bad. But uh, 
you'd know if I enjoy my food because I'm not talking to anyone. I'm eating it and I'm just there and I'm like, I actually start dancing, which is so weird. I think it's the fatter <laughs> I get, the more I want to dance. I like, there's been times where I'm like eating like chicken wings or something and they're so good and I'm just like having a little boogie and my mates are like, are you dancing? I'm like, oh no, 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 no. But um, yeah, so in regards to kind of like my favorite cuisine, I've done a lot of world travel. Like that's, that's the reason why I kind of, started doing the likes of the, the takeaway man tiktoks and stuff like that is because i've had the likes of like jamaican jerk chicken i've had uh suckling pork in bali in indonesia i've had pad thai i've had the original pad thai in bangkok uh you know i've had shrimp on the barbecue in australia you know like things like that um so that's where that's where my kind of uh thing started so like i've had tacos in mexico so i can turn around and go hey thanks mr taco man in dublin city center really good tacos but they weren't like this level you know like i i had guacamole made for me on a boat as we were swimming with stingrays and this guy handed me like a, an ice cold corona there's amazing super fresh guacamole with like handmade tortilla chips like you, you'll never like that that's one of the best experiences you ever have in your life and then you go back to dublin and it's lashing rain and it's horrible and you you have to pay in four times the amount for like a little bowl of crisps and you're just looking at it going like oh man you know so that that was another thing for me is like to always reminisce on the good times and and one of the big things that i do love and i always kind of say to everyone is definitely travel like it's a big big thing for me because it's all well and good you can go here and you can have a bit of food and you can say oh this is super authentic or whatever until you actually go to the place do you believe uh, the restaurants in ireland they're just a mimic of what should be the let's say the real food there are some there are there, there are definitely some like and i'll call them out camille toy like i hate it i hate camille toy i think it's it's bullshit you know i think it's franchise bullshit and i'll never be sponsored by them but nor would i want to be sponsored by them you know i only really like to do things where it's it's really good authentic food you know and um, like One of my favorite Indian restaurants to go to is Namaste in Smithfield. It's one of the cheapest and it's just the best. And not only that, it's that when you walk in, their guys are the nicest people in the world and they're like big hugs and they're giving you all the food and you get free poppadons. And the guy's like, oh yeah, no worries. There's a few more, you know, like they're the experiences that you want, you know, like they're the things when you go into a restaurant or even when you're ordering takeaway, they know that like, um, but yeah, like and, that, that is a big thing for me. And how would you describe your palate? you see when i originally started i thought i was going to be the bee's knees when it came to spicy food um like big time like that's like i i thought that i'd gonna i would be the guy that was like man v food so like one of the first ever food things that i, I started with was actually a 666 suicide chicken wing competition wow yeah and the way it was it's like eight million scoville units um wow. like so you have like You have like a, a <laughs> you, know, you have a chicken wing, wait a minute, then go on to the next chicken wing. And then you do that for six minutes and then wait six minutes. And it was, that was the six, six, six part. But, um, so I was like the first wing in, I'm like, yeah, no problem. No problem. Next wing in, I was like, okay, this is, this is where we're starting to peak here. And then when I got to the third wing, I was just like, nah, game over. And uh, I'll, I'll send you the, I'll send you this picture, but there's a big catering trough it's like a five liter steel catering trough stainless steel catering trough and a ladle full of yeah. like vanilla vanilla ice cream and the, there's a picture of me just going <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> like just eating milling into this ice cream and uh so at that stage then within the competition they're like oh no go to the guy at the end he has the ice cream for everybody and at that stage the ice cream was already gone i, was, I think i had like i think i had like five liters of ice cream that day man but because i've done that and i've had like this extreme heat and um, when it comes to now going in ordering a vindaloo or like a fall in, a, in a, an indian restaurant or things like that or, or thai green chilies like um song tam in in thailand like a papaya salad uh yeah. like going over there like i just turned around to like my mates and my thai mates i'm like watch this nom 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 and they're like eh, give it a second i'm like oh no <laughs> like, tears running down my face and things like that i was like okay right that one had a bit of a kick to it like, let's say that but um like one of my favorite dishes that i love to try and and another big thing for me was um japanese ramen and like pho like i, I love like vietnamese soups and stuff like that have um, you been in japan no never like that is my it's my big thing like it's it's i think japan is just that's that country that everyone goes no this year i'm definitely going to japan and then you end up in ibiza for two weeks for the same price and you're like ah oh, no 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 next year i'm definitely going to japan um but yeah i've, I've never been but would love to go so you're talking about the Japanese ramen. Did it feel any difference from the, let's say, continental Asia ramen? That's the thing. When I was over there, because it was always so hot, I never really got any of that stuff. But I, I would have got the likes of like dumplings and gyozas and, and things. Um, I would have had a lot of like rice dishes and, and stuff like that. But when I come to Ireland or like when I go around, um, like... I'd go to say like Wagamama's and I was like, you know what, a big bowl of ramen and this is going to be amazing. And I was like, oh yes. And then I go in and I just look at it and it's just, it may as well be the remnants of your sink after you do the dishes, man, you know, and you're like, just, there's no, like, this isn't a broth. This is just a kettle with a slice of lemon on the side of it, you know, like, like stuff like that. And that, that's what really annoys me is because you have like these really big franchises that are going around. They're like, this is an authentic meal, an authentic Japanese meal or whatever. And then you're going in, you're looking at it, you're like, this is actually shit. And I've paid 30 euro for a bowl of it and whatever. I could have went around the corner and like one of my favorite places to go to, especially for ramen and stuff is, um, it's the ramen bar, Kokoro. It's on St. William street. That's, that's where I go. And then there's another place as well called Yoi. Um, but if you're looking, actually, if you're looking for an unbelievable Chinese, Zion Street Food, it's just off on Grafton Street. There's a couple of other ones. It's my favorite Chinese to go to. But they do these, um, I, I'm probably butchering the name, but they're called Biang Biang noodles. They're like paper noodles. They're about this thick. Oh, man. It's, like, even thinking about it now, I'm like, oh, my mouth's watering. <laughs> like, it's just, they're my favorite. I haven't had them in so long. But um, I get the super spicy Biang Biang uh, noodles out of there so did you try before soup um super restaurant they they originally have their first restaurant is in uh don leary the the owners they are uh, all irish but the chef used to live in asia for many years so they make everything house and you see they're making their kimchi house everything i love their deep fried kimchi mm. i'm allergic to chilies but Still, I try. No way. So, oh yeah, but like I, I like I'm 
probably I have some problem in my head. Oh yeah, I'm a chef. So <laughs> I, I go and eat, and then like after two seconds, literally I can't breathe. Like oh, that's good, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but. Is so good, so good, and their their ramens, uh, the the brush is properly brushed, done properly, as you right. said. The chains nowadays, they they just literally, uh, I would say it would be nor pounder with water and say here that's your brush, and then you look and say okay, and you need to pay like fifty quid afterwards, mm. and you look and say I can't believe I pay for that. You know, mm. yeah. it, it is what it is. You're commenting earlier about uh, the the movie menu. What's your mm-hmm. favorite movie? Culinary movie, of course. Uh, yeah. Um, what's the name of it? Um, it's it's the there's I can't remember the name. There's one with Bradley Cooper where he's yeah, uh, um, burn it if uh, something burn, like that burn burn or burn it yeah. or something like that yeah. Where someone asks for like I can't remember it was like a steak tartare, but they ask for it medium well or something. <laughs> you, know, <so laughs> yeah. you know, and you're like, huh? Yeah, is that where? Like, and that's the thing. But there's there's just one part in it, and I just it just really resonated with me. Where just there's someone, and they're complaining for the sake of complaining, you know. And that that's one thing that really pisses me off, is that someone that's complaining for the sake of complaining, and you're really upsetting staff, and they're they're trying to go above and beyond. It's a super high end restaurant, but it doesn't have to be. But there's just one scene where he comes out and he's like, you're not eating in my restaurant. And he just grabs the whole bag and he just makes it into a thing. And he's like, get out, everyone. I don't care. Leave. And I was just like, that is such a cool thing. Um, that was one of them uh, burned. And then there was, uh, oh, what is the, it's not Kevin Feige. It's the one where the guy is a Michelin star chef and he, he, he turns it into a food truck. Um, and he goes and he starts selling like tacos and stuff from his food truck. Oh, chef. Yeah, chef. Yeah, no, that, no, that's no. a very good one. Uh, I, I think though that one is one of the best movies in a sense. It's not pretentious. Mm. Yeah, I really like that. Another movie I like is from 1999, 2000s, uh, called Dinner Rush. Oh, yeah, never heard it's, uh, it's great. It's great. It's, it's a really old movie. It's in um, New York. Uh, the owner is an Italian guy that used to be a bookie. And then in the, the the event is all around one service, one night. And then there is a cops in the in the, the de- detectives in mm-hmm. the restaurant. There is the gangsters in the restaurant. There is a private uh, assassin. And uh, like it's everything happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so cool. It's so cool. It's like it's something. Is a mix of everything. And there's the food critics as well. It's so cool. It's really nice movie. I think it's well done as well. But yeah, you nailed. Like the, the, those movies are very good. They're yeah. very good. Did you see the latest one with? Um, it was. It was. It was done on each different person's perspective. Uh, oh, it was. Oh, I can't remember the name, but it was one of the guys from uh, Snatch was in it. Uh, oh, yes. And it's done on everyone's perspective and it's just everyone's outtakes of, of what happens and someone has an allergic reaction and then it was just like, but I told you not to put that in into this sauce or like it was like a nut allergy or something. And I, that, that was like when you're watching that, you could feel it in your heart when you're like, oh, that, that's giving me anxiety and you're not even there, you know? 
scary. Oh, yes, yes. Like, I described very well that movie is very good in that sense. It shows the energy around the restaurant, how people think. It's not like just focus and say, yeah, chef and everyone, like, super concentrate cooking. Mm. It's actually, they have lives. They have things going on at the same time. Yeah. So uh, it is very interesting to see that movie. I really like. Uh, I think it's on Netflix, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was on Netflix. Yeah, Netflix it was. It was the way it was shot. It was. It was like one, one, one shot for the whole scene or something. It was, it was very strange. Was very yeah, is the one like the the the, the chef die in the end or presumably <laughs> no. die? Yeah. <laughs> spoiler alert! But uh, yeah, he, oh. he, 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, take that that part goes straight to the edit. <laughs> uh, my question to you now: What's the best takeaway, and what's order in Dublin at the moment for you? Um, in Dublin for me at the moment, you see the, the that that for for someone like me that's a very tough question because there's, <laughs> there's a there's a couple of things that you need to take into account. Um, and some of the likes of the big chains do that, you know, uh, the likes of like KFC do, at the start, when they first started doing uh, takeaway, they just didn't serve chips. They just said, actually, we're going to give you two sides because our chips don't serve well. Like, we, like they're going to be sitting there. They're going to sweat. It's not going to taste good. You know, so for me, if I was ordering, so say, we'll take Sano pizza, like great example. One of the best, cheapest pizzas you can get in Dublin. As soon as that goes cold, it's ruined. Like that's that's the thing you need to you need to have like a, a fresh like if you're getting a fresh Neapolitan style pizza, you have to eat it as soon as it comes out of the oven. You're waiting two minutes. If you're waiting more than twenty minutes, it's gonna go cold on it and it's not gonna taste as good. You're gonna reheat like a it. rubber. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna try re reheat it and and then things like that. It's not gonna it's not gonna taste nice. So you're looking for for me, the likes of like curries and Chinese's um will be good you know the likes of an, an indian curry because it's coming in a big soup or a big thing it's staying it's staying hot relatively well um, and things like that so and the likes of like things that can be reheated you know chips not really good to be reheated rice though very good to be reheated naan bread very hit and miss you know but naan bread if you like so say if you don't eat your naan bread in the meal the following morning you throw it into a frying pan you crack two eggs or you, you have like boiled eggs and naan bread and stuff like that you heat it up in the toaster and in the grill happy days you know it tastes good but um yeah like a lot of people are always very surprised by me where they go oh no i would i'd always have leftover pizza in like the following morning and i'm like you have leftover like what's leftover takeaways <laughs> I, pr I probably should say that to uh to my consultant now about my heart and stuff they're like yeah that's probably why you're eating a meal deal for four for one person and uh yeah but um no when it comes to favorite takeaways uh at the moment what would one thing that i i, I constantly order I, i'm a big fan of chippers Um, not that many people really you like over in england and stuff they have like fish and chips and, and whatever chippy or same same in most places but in ireland we have this thing called a, a chipper and like if you get a good chipper you're flying high like if you have a, if you have a good a good bag of chips you know happy days um nine times out of ten it travels well and uh, it does be good romeos and macaris were always the best ones for me there's there's three really so romeos uh bought out macaris anyway i think the two of those guys are brothers but then there was another place called borza and a, a borza i think was one of the original chippers in a um, borza is in uh 
here up the road. Uh, oh, geez, I forgot the area. <laughs> in, 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 I think they originally yeah, started yeah. off in the Walkinstown area. That's that's where they initially started. Yeah. But for me, like the likes of like if you get a good Romeo's now, like a good bag of chips and a burger from Romeo's, you know, like it's it's gonna it's gonna be good, you know. What pisses me off is is that like there's <laughs> as the takeaway man or whatever. So I order a bag of chips and I order <laughs> salt and vinegar on it. If that salt and vinegar isn't on the chips, I am fuming for the day, like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or the same thing, you order a Domino's pizza and they forget the garlic sauce. I'd be one step away for getting in my car and driving to Domino's and being like, you forgot my garlic sauce, man. Like, you need the garlic sauce with the pizza, you know? Um, and that was a big boo-boo that I did over in New York. Um, I went into a, this pizzeria over in New, in, in New York and uh, I was like, yeah, and uh, can I get a garlic mayonnaise, please? And they looked at me and they're like, sorry, sir? I was like, for for the pizza and um, garlic mayonnaise, and they're like, "What what's garlic mayonnaise?" Like she just it didn't comprehend. It wasn't a thing, and that that's like a big cultural thing for me. And I was looking at her like I was looking at her with ten heads. She was looking at me with ten heads, and I was like, "Give me a sauce that isn't ketchup. Like what what sauce that isn't?" Ketchup? <laughs> and she's like, "We got ranch. Do you want do you want ranch?" I was like, "I've never had ranch before, so let's go with that." You know, so um, like did it work like, well? Like, it actually it was okay like it was it was good like I, I wouldn't be telling people to go i'm not going to say like oh it's the next best like tips or tricks you know but if you're stuck in a horrible situation like, but I, I have to say that the the garlic mayo comes with um uh, dominoes example you see mm-hmm. the acidity you have there it's kind of like a splash of ranch with mm-hmm. the garlic mayo yeah. And yeah. I think the the balance is very good. Dominoes without that is not dominoes. You know, like, and it's the same. If I go to Sao Paulo and say, I want a, a, a dip for my pizza, they will actually murder me. Just yeah. in Sao Paulo city, uh, you you have around like 9,000 pizzerias. Wow. Yeah, 22 million people in the same city, you know, like, so, yeah. yeah. It's okay. Yeah. It's the same here in Dublin. Probably you're gonna have nine thousand cheapers in just in Dublin, you know. But this is it. This is it. This is probably true. Yeah. Yeah. So like you're saying, so but by, by your perspective at, at the moment, what would be the best cheaper? Would it be Romeo's or uh, well, would it be between three of them? But Romeo's you have in different locations as well, correct? Yeah, Romeo's is the biggest one. You know, like that that would yeah. be the biggest Dublin based one. Um, that de- but definitely the likes the likes of like a Romeo's and then um there's a we, you know Ireland has its own KFC called Hillbillies. Did you ever hear about Hillbillies? You ever I that? never tried. I never heard about it. Yeah, so I- Ireland has its own like KFC pretty much, and it's called Hillbillies, and it's absolutely amazing. Um, like I I love Hillbillies, and the the reason why I like it is because you're kind of going, oh no no, this is fresh, like this is Irish produced fresh. KFC, but they give you like they comes in buckets. You get like a big thing of like gravy, but they also have the Irish side of things as well. So you can get the likes of like garlic sauces, um, like just you can get bar sausages and all crazy <laughs> stuff, you know. Like so, but like that's the thing as well. So if I was to pick, like if say if I was to have a group of friends come over, I'd go okay. You've never had a chipper before. I'm going to Romeo's because it's. I think just at that standard, it's it's a very very high standard, and the food is going to be good, and everyone will be full. And um, but yeah, like that that's pretty much where I'd go. But in regards to ordering the best takeaway, 
the things that I look out for would be the likes of the location itself. And I think that's where the likes of like Justy and um like the likes of Justy and Deliveroo fall a good bit was that if you're ordering from a restaurant, I want it to be the closest restaurant and I want it to be as quick as possible. In in this the, like the likes of like ordering a bougie burrito, you know, there's there's I don't know how many bougies there are in Dublin city centre. But one time when I ordered it, there was a bougie, no joke. I, I ordered it on Grand Canal Dock. And there's one on Mesbo Road, which is literally right mm-hmm. around the corner. And when I when I put through the, the thing, uh, when I put through the order, it went it took it from Thomas Street, which is like the complete the road, opposite yeah. side. Yeah, it was like the complete opposite side of town. I think you nearly like at one stage you probably would have to cross the Liffey because of the one way streets at this stage. And I was just there going, but there was one like and now that shows you how lazy I am <laughs> considering there was one right around the corner and I should have just walked and got it and saved five euro. But like, yeah, like it's, it's things like that that you just have to take into account when you're ordering a good takeaway. And like, I, as you said, if it's a wet dish, it will travel better. So you have a better experience. Uh, cheaper, I would say, how you prefer your chips? Uh, crunchy or soggy? I'm I'm a soggy guy, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a soggy guy. Like, but generally, nine times out of ten, if you're ever like um, with your girlfriend or whatever, she always likes the crunchy trip. So it's just like it's a it's a good it's a good mix, you know. So you, oh, I get the soggy ones, you get the crunchy ones. But um, no, that is my thing, and I, it's the same with McDonald's chips. I love I love the weird little I don't even know what it's called. Whatever that weird little soggy chip is, it's, that's my guilty pleasures. Which one, the curly ones? <laughs> Well, that too, the, just the twisty fry. But you know, there's always like this one little pur deformed chip in your box, oh, and you're looking at yeah. it, and it's like a real squidgy one. <laughs> yes, I'm I like, know. I'm looking around, and it's like no one's looking. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no one saw me eat that because that they're the ones that are always left behind as well. But, uh, yeah. Like my next question for you would be. What's the best uh, restaurant experience you had? I know you get takeaway left, right, center, mm-hmm. but like restaurants, the judgment, uh, your, let's say your foodie side, looking mm-hmm. at a restaurant, and what was your best experience? Um, one of the best experiences that I've had that was on a budget was um, Six by Nico. It was one of my favorite places to go to. I went, to, I don't know if you've ever been, but it was the Alice in Wonderland experience. Um, mm-hmm. So when you go in, they cook, they you sit you down or whatever, and they say, okay, here's our cocktail menu, here's our wine menu, or whatever. They had, they actually then they, they give you like this menu, and it's like, here's the six dishes of the seven courses that you're going to eat. It's a happy days. And they, oh yeah, just to let you know that the menu itself is edible. Sorry, <laughs> no, you, no, you can you can eat the menu, and I was just like, okay, it's like, well, this is the best menu I've ever tasted, um, like, you know, like so that happened to me. But that was a, that was a seven course tasting menu, um, that was it was absolutely outrageous because it was fifty euro, you know. Now it was it was a tasting menu as well, so there was like they had things like soil. You know, and then they had um, celeriac. It was like a celeriac rose, and then they put like like food coloring on the top of it, and the rose turned bright pink or bright red. Then afterwards, like things like that, like real immersive kind of stuff, was really good. Um, I was also over in um, where was I? I was over in Bruno in the Czech Republic. 
and I went to like this cocktail bar and it was a really good immersive cocktail bar called uh, Crazy Panda. And we went in and I was just like, oh, it's a cocktail bar. I'll just ask for a mojito. And you're like, that guy looked <laughs> at me like I was the, I was like the worst person ever. It was, he just was just like, are, are you serious? Look at the menu. So you go through the menu and I had this like, it was a dark stout and whiskey with dark chocolate uh, thing with like a, a thing of mint on it and stuff but it was like one of the best cocktails I've ever had in my entire life and I was just like oh my god I can't believe I was going to order a mojito <laughs> you know so like there, there are them kind of experiences that happen on a regular basis for me have you been the CCV no CVV no cocktail vintage oh yeah no. yeah one of my C favorite places C to go yes uh, uh, the, uh, the VCC in Temple Bar VCC yes uh, oh it's amazing there the, the, I, I, okay, the yeah. charcuterie board there is is a rip off, but like a, is is worth the experience. I would I wouldn't get the charcuterie board, absolutely not. It's not worth it in any way. It was like forty five euro for the one step away from easy singles. Um, like, <laughs> and, and I was stupid enough because I asked for the charcuterie, and then you have the add on for the cheese. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. I got that one. It was like fifty odd years, and then yeah. I got the that was good. The truffle chips, and I mm. got as well the truffle chips. No way to go wrong, you know. Like I know where they oh. buy that truffle oil. I swear to God. And then when you see you pay fifteen euros, you look and say, "Oh my God, what what I have in my head? Uh, too many too many drinks, you know." And <laughs> but the arancini was amazing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Not that I had the um. I think I had the, uh, the beef brisket, the slow cooked brisket, or the, the short rib. Mm. Uh, yeah, now that was very good. But again, it was like 17.50, it comes out, and it was, it, uh, you're thinking you're paying like 17.50, and it's going to be a big wedge, and you're like, yeah, you're going to be like the Flintstones <laughs> eating it, you know, it's going to be like, oh, oh deadly. Came out, you're just looking at it, you're like, thank you. And you just give, you give the waitress just that little nod of like, the both of us are on the same level here. But it's like, okay. <laughs> This is going to be good, but uh, yeah, no, the VCC. One of my favorite things in the VCC is the uh, absinthe. Uh, they have the absinthe dispensers with like, so it does like the little drips of water on top of the sugar cube into the, into the um, the champagne flutes. It's next to none. It's uh, yes, yes, that's what will kick you literally with the fairies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do that, and you're just cutting off your ear. Then at the end of the night, and you're like. <laughs> yeah. because that they kick you out you know like yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. Two, two hours <laughs> out that is the thing as well like and that, that's like like when it comes to um when it comes to speakeasies like i think not necessarily the trend is dying out i remember when the, the trend first started and i was like oh this is cool in a bar it's called a blind pig and you go in and you twist the pig's head and the magical door opens and all this kind of stuff which is really cool but like i remember when you were going to speakeasies where you physically weren't allowed in if you didn't have a password like they just didn't let you in they're like no and they there was such high demand for the like for people to go in and to have like these cool little secret drinks that um they could they could actually refuse people now it's just like yeah we've, we've tables down the back if you want just a couple of things and you're like ah, i think that takes away from the experiences of speakeasies now at this stage Oh, yes, yes. Uh, the VCC, what I like, uh, remind me of a lot uh, of the prohib prohibition in the 1930s. Mm -hmm. uh, 30s? Uh, 
I'm not a historian. I'm just a chef. <laughs> so I think it's nice, but you, you said the experience to go there and have that. Hmm. I think at the beginning is okay. But nowadays, people just like, mm, okay, as you said, sit there in the back and give your money. Mm -hmm. So I, I lose a little bit of the, 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 the magic, yeah. I would say. Um, yeah. what, what would be for you eating or eat out? What would be better for you? I love the experience of eating out. Like, that's one of my favorite things. Like, I love, there is nothing more that I love than going in and sitting at a restaurant and just not necessarily being wined and dined. But just getting like an amazing plate of food. I don't, I honestly, you could turn around to me and go, this steak is going to be a thousand euro. Like go to Salt Bay's plate. <laughs> it's a thousand euro for a tomahawk steak. If it's absolutely pristine and it was really good experience or whatever, I would have no problem paying that, you know, like that, like that is the, I think that is a thing when you are a foodie and it kind of goes back to the guy in, in the menu where he's like, I oh, know I'm, I'm paying for the experience. I'm paying for the overall thing. And oh, this is going to be amazing. And you're, you're picking it up so much. But I think what happens then is, is that you're then putting certain restaurants on a pedestal. And if it doesn't meet your expectations, then you're just kind of like, mm, I was a bit, was a bit let down by that, you know? And I think at this day, like the way, especially with the, the way the hospitality industry is going at the moment, it's just kind of like, Ugh, you know, um, it, it, it is very tough you know and there's only so many like fusion restaurants that can that can pop up and, and things like that or bespoke restaurants and um, that, that is one thing for me is like going to a restaurant now and th this is just me as a punter i'm actually very happy to go in and see that the only thing that they do is burgers but they just do them really really well you know it's done perfectly every time and I can I like and for me when it comes to sending followers or friends or family or whatever and go no I can recommend this place because I've gone there four times and it's been amazing every time I've gone and I think they're the kind of recommendations that you need and it's when people get a bit fussy about going actually no I went and it was all right like you know it was, uh, it was, it was okay like I, it's all I, I about the consistency like, yeah 100% uh, the consistency on like all of those things it's I think that is that is a big thing now when it comes to restaurants and by all means correct me if I'm wrong when a new restaurant opens up there is a hype to it there is there is a lot of brand new chefs that come in there's a brand new menu there's a lot of passion for it there's a lot of things like that they're getting in the best of the best ingredients and everything is going fantastic and one of the best one of the best kind of examples that I have for this was a place called Mac Daddy on in Temple Bar um, they specialized in mac and cheese and chicken tenders or something. And they their initial portions when they when you were getting it was like the tin was about this size and the portion size went like this. And it was wow. amazing. And I raved about it to everybody. I was like, this is the best thing ever. You have to go here. Oh my God, guys, look at the size. Oh, it's me eating this big cheesy mac and cheese. I was like, yes. I was like, oh man, this is so good. I think I ordered it about two or three times in, in one week. It was, I was just, it was the new place to go to. It was absolutely fantastic and it was great. And then I ordered it and then it started, the, the portion sizes went from this. So like this, 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 this. And then I was opening it and then I was looking in the, the, the little container and I was like, oh no, they've, they've changed their, their recipe changed, their portion sizes changed, all this kind of stuff. So, and then I was like, okay, it's not too bad. As long as it, as long as it still tastes good. 
I don't mind if it still tastes good or whatever. And, I, and then I was biting it, so I was like, they're after changing something here. They're, they're, they're after, they went from like chicken tenders to like, it was like fresh chicken breast tenders that were made with like buttermilk chicken. And you know that they were, they were either homemade or a really high end supplier to like frozen KFC, like oh. popcorn chickens. And I was like, what's this? And then, <laughs> Like, and that's the thing when you're recommending, and that's, that's what like it breaks my heart is that when you're recommending certain restaurants, so I'm sitting here and I like, say I have a video and it has 150,000 views and it's me recommending Mac Daddy's. And that was six, seven months ago. And now they've changed the executive chef because he's like, no, you're overworked me too much. I'm not doing this shit anymore. You're after changing suppliers. It's not tasting the same from the original menu from six months ago. See you later, guys. I'm going. And then they get some some guy comes in from an agency or whatever and he's just like yeah i sure i can do the same for half the price and <laughs> you know and you're like oh. and then then the moral of the story is the place shut down you know like that's yes. the, the be all and end all it, it shut down it wasn't it, it just like it was it was literally perfect <laughs> like it was it was one of my favorite restaurants to go to I recommended it to everybody and the menu started changing. Like it nearly was like a weekly change in the menu when it came to wow. stuff like that, and it was just it just was a nightmare. And um, but yeah, now it's gone. Unfortunately, it's gone, and it's the uh, only thing now. It's just a, it's just a sad memory. <laughs> now nowadays, I see like that. Uh, nowadays, I always thought like that. When open any restaurants for first two to three months, I do not step in. Because it, there's that hype, everyone wants to be there, everyone's in their A game, and then start to get uh, the routine starts to kick in. Yeah. So the consistency, you need to see in that level. After three months, you go there, you try, that's the reality. Not what you had three months ago. As you said, probably they may have a massive portion, they were making money, they were literally in their literally making amazing food but like they didn't know what they're doing no yeah. food costs let's just serve people and mm -hmm. i end up on that way unfortunately is the way uh, restaurants normally die yeah mm -hmm. uh, that's saying uh, do you have plans or any plans to get the takeaway man to create a guide in the future yeah yeah um one of the big things for me was to like I, I always wanted to do like I didn't want to to do like a Michelin star plaque. Oh, do the Michelin. <laughs> but I'd like what I'd love to do is for the likes of like my friends' restaurants or stuff like that. And like I know the consistency has always been good. It's just to get a little sticker made up and say the takeaway man recommends. You know, just put a little sticker in the front of the restaurant or to get like a little logo or something made up for it for that. And it's just a little a little thing. Um, just to say this is a good takeaway to get you know um, and it's just it's an authentic honest review like that that's one of the big things that I like I, I want to give is that it, it's such a catch-20 like a catch-22 for me because you have all these brand new restaurants coming in and you're trying them and you can see the potential that's there and like I've tried thousands like I, I literally have like I delivery does a thing where you can download all of your spend and if I was to ever give it to an accountant they'd be like you need to sort your life out and start eating more vegetables. Like it's just ridiculous. But um, like that's the thing. So you can't go in and critique these new restaurants just because you need the new restaurants to start. You know, so you you want these new you want these new places to start up, but you don't want to go in and be like, no, actually this place is shit. You know, and it was ridiculous. Um, so that is one thing that I've I've definitely learned that I will, as of two weeks ago, 
I will never, ever, ever review a restaurant that's just started unless it's amazing. And I can I can turn around and I say this is really really good. I I'm not going to do negative reviews um or critiques or anything like that on brand new restaurants. I'll let them stay open as you said for the likes of like three months. They get their feet on the ground. They learn the the, the ways of what's happening. They see what's working for the menu, what's not working for the menu. That's when they'll go in and do a review, um, and then go from there. You know because I've seen the likes of like there's so many places. And there's so many other, I, I'm not going to even like the likes of like Love in Dublin or all these things where they, they're going to these restaurants and it's just paid hype, you know, like you, do, you don't know if it's a good, honest review, if, if the person's going to go in and like, I know you do have to declare if it was ad, like if this was a paid partnership or whatever and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like it's, I, I believe that this is not honest, you know. Um, majority of the people they're not doing, you can see like, okay. It can't be everything perfect. And you can see the footage, the way they do it. Like when I do my reviews is literally as hidden as possible. And you can see uh, the way it is. And then like when I get any sponsor or anything of the kind, you will see is a sponsor video. Yeah. We'll be saying is a sponsor. Uh, I recommend, yes. But if I go there and I eat and the, the place is a keep and it's not good, first of all, I wouldn't even... Uh, endorse if I'm not happy with that and if I try the food is not amazing I will not give the review notes I have my notes to give mm-hmm. I will not give the review notes I would just say I recommend that's it mm. yeah. you know um, now uh, another question for you what's the perfect beverage to match with a takeaway oh man I could do it in reverse if you want <laughs> <laughs> I say, well, if you drink loads of beers, definitely get a kebab. <laughs> um, yeah, like, oh, one of my favorite things to get when, uh, so say if you're you're out and if you're, say if you get like a big, big plate of like chicken wings or something, or you're out and you're getting like a burger and chips, I just think definitely likes like an IPA. Uh, one of my favorite IPAs is Lagunitas or an all day IPA. They're just my favorite. Um, when you go to the likes of the likes of like Brew Dog and stuff like that, I think their menu is too high end for the drinks that they sell. I think I I just think yeah they do have their, their burgers and chips and stuff like that, but it's it's uh, practically Michelin star prices now. Um, I paid nearly twenty two euro for one burger with no chips. So for the whole meal itself, for a burger chips, for a burger chips and a drink, it cost me nearly fifty six euro. You know, like for wow. yeah, and that's in that's in Brewdog, and what pisses me off about Brewdog and stuff like that is yeah, love it, great. I've drank it for years and years and years. Like the likes of their Punk IPA, stick it in my veins, man. It's amazing. But um, there's no distribution charge. That I can see where you make it. <laughs> it's like it's it's there and it's going from there to there, and you're charging me three times the price of an off license you know like it's but then even when they're selling their cans their cans are really expensive as well so it's it's like and they're tiny yeah (laughs) tiny little cans you're just doing that kind of stuff um but yeah so for me actually that's one thing that i I definitely wanted to talk to you about because i see that you're into wines and stuff and one of my first ever wine experiences that i ever had was with uh, it was a seven course mexican tasting menu in Frank's on um, uh, Camden Street in Dublin. And I walked in and it was Mr. At that stage, I had a big, big heavy metal beard. 
slick back hair and I went in and I sat down for the seven course tasting menu and the guy comes over and he's like hello sir um, would you, what kind of wine would you like would you like a, a rosé white wine or red wine and I went I'd have a pint of Heineken please and he goes <laughs> He just looks at me and I and he's like, unfortunately, we don't have pints of Heineken. And I went, oh, no, it's fine. I'll just have a bottle of Heineken. And he went, you're in a wine bar, sir. And I was like, oh, shit. Uh, I was like, do you have any wine that tastes like beer? And he just, he, he was just mortified, just going like, oh, my God, look at this guy. And he goes, all right, tell me what kind of fruits you like and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, well, I like, like, apple stuff, like the zesty stuff. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. And he, no joke, now, this is the first time that I ever sat down in a proper restaurant and was drinking wine ever. And it was the nicest bottle of wine. Now, this is the thing. This is what I wanted to talk to you about is that when you go to restaurants and you have like the world's nicest wine. And then, so I, I had a wine in Paris then afterwards. And then I flew back. I took a picture of the label. I went, yes, this is going to be unreal. And I came back and I popped it and I poured it out and I tasted it. I was like, it's not the same like what's the i was like whoa 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 i was like no and i took I, I was so i was like no it's definitely the same thing and i had the picture here and this and but yeah is there a big difference when it comes to like traveling wines or experiences or being in restaurants and being at home and stuff like that yeah always always you're gonna have difference between flavors in wine and location uh, you said you, you love beer mm -hmm. uh, have been in netherlands before uh, yeah, yeah. You drink Heineken there. Yeah. <laughs> Can you feel the difference between the continental Europe Heineken and Irish Heineken? I find that drinking the continental one, I don't get... Um, now, this this could all be complete placebo, but I don't get as um, bloated when I when I drink over there. It's not like a real bloated kind of thing. Um, and I drink them a lot quicker. <laughs> And I don't know if it's because I'm on holidays or whatever, but I definitely, I can't, I can't pace myself when I'm drinking like a really nice pint over there. It's, it's tough. Kevin, uh, one more question I have for, uh, for you. What we should be expecting from the takeaway man? What's next? Um, for me, so I originally started off with doing a podcast like yourself. Uh, and I started off doing a podcast and I, I did 10 episodes. And with that 10 episodes, then you know yourself where you're doing lots of like edits and things like that and you're doing all the graphics and stuff um my next big thing that i'm going to do is i'm going to relaunch the podcast uh that's the reason i i, I do you know what i actually used this podcast as like right let's dust off all the old gear and let, let's get it out so you definitely did that so i owe you a beer for that one um <laughs> But for me, I want to work with um, a lot of like tourism agencies and, and things like that. So what I want to do now is, is I want to start traveling a lot more. Um, and I want to kind of show people that when we do say this is an authentic Chinese restaurant, this is the reason why we can say it's authentic. You know, here's certain types of food that's used and things like that. And um, certain types of ingredients and stuff. So um, that is one big thing. And um the next big thing that I definitely want to kind of sink my teeth into is um, I want to, no, I don't want to say to be an activist, um, but I want to be, I want to bring food trucks in Ireland to the 21st century. I think it's just the laws and things like that, that we have are just so unbelievably outdated. It's something that I have a big, big passion about. Um, there's just so many things there that can be improved on. 
and um, we're working with the likes of like county councils that are holding all of these possibilities for absolutely no reason at all you know there's like there's a lot of my friends that have started up um the likes of like the sambo ambo uh today we were making had this huge big like truck uh, it was a huge big american style school bus went out to so many different county councils and things like that and they were just refused they were just like no you're not allowed you're not allowed to have these restaurants here um, and stuff like that and it's just it, it's just heartbreaking in that sense because you're looking at people that have a, an, an amazing passion for food they want to bring something into the city um, uh, nine times out of ten it would be something that isn't there you know there's there's this italian guy um that honestly does the best pasta i've ever had and it's served out of a transit van like it's it's amazing and like you go in and he has the big huge cheese wheel and he pours all the pasta in and it's a huge big thing and he's making it up and it's like it's one of the nicest pasta i've ever had wow. it's it's served to me from a transit van in dublin <laughs> you know um, <laughs> i i think the biggest issue with that is uh, too much bureaucracy yeah. you need to have insurance for everything uh, and as we say in Portuguese, until you figure out like pig's nose is not a plug, you know, you, you waste your time. And I, I agree with you. We should have people more like you and go and speak up and say, look, we need to change. We need to be more flexible. Uh, it's so hard to open business. I was saying that to the wingman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we were talking about that. And it was so difficult. It's so difficult to get the things up uh, running in Ireland. It's such a difficult uh, way, but I agree with you. Uh, yeah. We need to have more. Uh, we need to speak up more with the yeah the there, lawmakers. Yeah, this is it. You know, the, the likes of the county councils and stuff like that. There's they're they're so happy to pedestrianize streets and to do all these things, but they're, they're like you should be investing in local businesses and stuff like that, especially restaurants. You know, because it's just. It's a, it's a dying trade now, you know, yourself. Like, there's, there's so many restaurants that have opened up in Dublin that have just shut down because of the likes of rent prices and things like that. But you're kind of going, well, if they had a little food truck and they can go around to where the busy places are, you know, the likes of the office blocks or the the, the, the huge big warehouses and stuff like that where they can just pull up outside. Yeah. There's a couple of tacos. There's a couple of, like, hot dogs, burgers, whatever. All right, and we'll go to the next place then. You know, there's a night shift on in another location. Let's go there. But they're, they're just legally not allowed to do that. So there's definitely something that needs to be um, revamped and, and helped. But uh, that, that, that is my, that's my biggest kind of pet peeve now at the moment is, is to go in and, and to like say, get all of this bureaucracy out of Dublin or out of Ireland because it's just, it's just red tape at this stage and it's, it's holding back creativity. That's great. We're going to keep check on you, see you in your social media, see what's going on. Uh, Kevin, it was great to have you in and a big thank you for our today's sponsor. Today's sponsor is Foodcast. Do you want to promote your brand or product in an effective way, direct to our public? Check our website, social media and all products and services we provide. Contact us for more information. This is Foodcast, where you promote your brand and more. Kevin, how people can actually reach you and contact you? The easiest way to do is to go onto www.thetakeawayman.com and that has all of my socials and everything on it. You can email me directly then as well. And um, One of the big things that's going for me right now is TikTok at the moment. 
Um, all of my handles are the same as at the takeaway man. I just want to say a huge big thank you to Ricardo for having me on the Foodcast podcast tonight. I had an amazing time and hopefully you enjoy. Best of luck. Thank you so much. Thank you very much to watch or listen. Don't forget to smash that like, follow and share button. This is Foodcast where you watch your podcast and more.